play the fucking intro. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 263, where we're full of great music, new music, and we have a great interview. Eric, who are we interviewing? We are interviewing Troy and Swid. Swid? Yeah. You'll hear about that later on in this episode. <laughs> they are from the band Razors in the Night. Yes. Yeah, and they may... Yeah, make it a bit of a sort of comeback, as it were, yes? A dual reunion show with them and Tijuana Sweetheart, which we did the interview on back in January. Yeah. Because that's when our show, the reunion show, was originally scheduled for us back in January. It got postponed till May 28th. That's coming up. We're going to talk about that. There you go. <laughs> and a whole bunch of other Razors in the Night stuff on the interview and play some new songs from them and even an old one. That'll be coming uh-huh. up. We're going to get into some new stuff. Uh, the new stuff that has recently come out, we're going to start on May 1st, Chinese label Kids Union Records. They just released uh, Punk Rock Compilation 3. You can head over to the Bandcamp page that came out on the 1st. Then a split with Contingent Anom- Anomny. Anomny. A-N-O-N-Y-M-E. I don't know why I'm not pronouncing that right, and I know I'm not. Anonymy? There you go. We'll go with that. The split with them and Rentonier FC that's on Rusty Knife Records. Hans Gruber and the Diehards put out with the Vengeance on the third. Chamber put out Carved in Stone EP on uh, Pure Noise Records on the fourth. Permanent Mistakes put out Demo 2022 EP on the fifth. Asper- Asperger put out. <laughs> uh, Perger. Yep, Asperger. I want to make sure I'm not saying Asperger, it's Asperger. What, like a, is that a cat with that syndrome? I don't know, but based <laughs> off of the name of the EP, which is Dusmemic Eating, it's probably means something in some other language, which I don't know. Dusmemic is the, uh, that sounds like Greek. Uh, like I, old Greek. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Google Translate tells me it's going to translate from Turkish. Okay. So, which is close to Greece. Yeah, it's close to Greece, I guess. It's like <laughs> across, across the Aegean Sea. Right. So, uh, that Asperger is coming out, uh, or came out on the 5th. Anabolic Steroids put out a new EP called Local Resistance on the 5th. Evilis, which is Evil IS, put out Swing Low single on Von Toxic Records on the 5th. The Rats put out a new live album called Alcoholics Unanimous. That's a good one. (laughs) That is a good one. Uh, I like that one too. Uh, On the sixth, Terror put out Pain Into Power. The Rumjacks put out a split with Flatfoot 56 on the sixth. The sixth was a pretty busy day as that was Bandcamp Friday. Uh, Uh The Drowns released Lunatics EP. Warthog released Warthog EP on uh, Static Shock Records. Ultra Sect put Echo, released Echoes from the Past on LSM Vinyl and Contra Records. That one and The Drowns, both awesome. I've listened to both those uh, a couple times through. Modern Terror released Going Viral EP on Cursed Blessing Records. Low Season and 40 Reps released on Coffin Curse uh, Records Split Series Volume 3. Bad Planning released A Fortes on Jumpstart Records. Vice Squad released Rooms at the Top EP. It seems like Vice Squad is releasing something like every other month. They are just... Non-stop, yeah. just pumping shit out. Way to go, Vice Squad. Yeah, for real. Been at it since uh, 
Weren't they the 70s or were they a little later? I don't recall offhand, but sometime from that era for sure. Looks like Eric's going to look it up. I'll continue. <laughs> Leatherface released Sherry or Cherry Noel uh, on Rad Girlfriend Records. Jimmy released The Best of Our Worst on Mom's Basement Records on the 6th. And finally on the 6th, Kirkby Kiss released Ouroboros. Or- or- O-U-R-B-O? Sorry. Yeah, Ouroboros. Ouroboros, there you go. Yeah, it's the snake that's eating itself. There you go. And yes, that's what the picture is on the cover. Uh, 79, 1979. There you so go. Cutting it's, cutting it very close, but they are a 70s band, I guess. As but, long as I've been alive. Way to go, Vice Squad. Yeah. Or, yeah, 78, 79, whatever. It's the later, it's the later eighth of the 80s. Right. The 70s. Fuck. <laughs> God damn, you know what I mean. All right. Well, on the ninth, the Christian family, they released the raw and primitive sound of, which is if you look at the album cover, it's the raw and the primitive sound of the Christian family, which came out on Voodoo Rhythm Records. Check it out. It's it's worth just uh, a band called the Christian family, which I believe is a two piece band, and uh, of course they are. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the that seems to be the kind of motif a lot of bands are following nowadays is two piece bands. You can't find enough people that you can depend on. I guess all you need is uh, somebody else. Yeah. Wanna... Or you just uh, have a very specific vision, and you cannot have too many cooks in the kitchen, as it were. There you go. Yeah, too many pens on one piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Well, go check that one out. I, I recommend just going to Bandcamp, check it out. If it's not your thing, it ain't your thing. But uh, based off of the name of the Christian family, you'd be like, uh, I don't know. We listen to punk music. I don't listen to shit called the Christian family. But <laughs> I recommend just checking it out. Uh, uh, yeah. On the 11th, Anti-Sexy, they released Nessuna Carne Si Salvera, which is an EP on Here and Now Records. Bier Teufel is releasing Skinhead Party on Lake Town and... Uh, Sunny Bastards records on the 13th. Calf Small, which is actually, because uh, I just did an episode of Swedish bands. This is a Swedish band, and Google Translate says Chef Smell is, uh, I think, is how that's pronounced. But it looks like Calf mm. Small. Calf Small. And they are going to be releasing Skaruha and Fet. Then State Champs are releasing Kings of the New Age. The Slime is releasing Living on Borrowed Slime. Pulley is releasing The Golden Life on SBAM Records, and all of those were on the 13th. The 14th is Swab with Big City. 18th is Mutually Assured Destruction. They're releasing Ascension, which will be on Triple B Records. Uh, Box Elder, which Chris Archuleta, he's the vocalist. We've had Chris on the show uh, a couple years back. Uh, for his other band that he is no longer, well, I don't think the band is together at all. But Detour, yes, yeah, they are they are long gone. <laughs> yes, but before they were long gone, we had Chris on the show to talk about Detour. Now he's in Box Elder, and they're going to be releasing something called Minimums. Oh yeah, quite a had a huge jump from uh, Detour. It's like a Detour minus uh, some of the aggressiveness. Okay, what little aggressiveness they had <laughs> but detour was they were such a good band we played with them quite a bit we hung out with them a lot great guys just uh really really missed them as a band but yeah oh well <laughs> that's that's what's expected with local bands at at best you're looking at two years anything past that you're in it for the long haul <laughs> well on the 20th 
uh, Booze and Glory is going to be releasing Raising the Roof EP. Bishop's Green is going to be releasing Black Skies. Both of those releases are going to be on Pirates Press. I've already ordered my vinyl, and they've shipped, and they're on their way. I'm looking forward to playing tracks off of both because I've actually heard all the tracks several times through. There's four tracks on Raising the Roof and Black Skies. I think there was seven tracks, and I've already listened to the shit out of those. I think a lot of those actually are probably over on... uh, Spotify or, you know, the other streaming services, but I think the official release date was listed at May 20th. But we'll be playing something from those soon. Funeral Dress is releasing a new single on the 20th called Let's Go Down the Pub. Whoa, Funeral Dress? I haven't heard that name in a long time. New single coming. Whoa. (laughs) Then Acclaimed Choice will be releasing We Won't Give In on UVPR. And finally, The Path and Gone Wrong is releasing a split uh, I think there's one or two tracks from that split. I think it's a split LP even. Uh, there's one or two tracks that you can already listen to from each band. and It's cool. I like both those bands, two Northeast bands. Eric, that was a long list. What do you have to add to that list? Well, nothing much. I haven't been, uh, this whole last week, I haven't been on the, I don't know, the scope. <laughs> um, on the spectrum? Yeah, the spectrum. <laughs> We're looking through the scope for new material. There you go. I like yeah. that. It's been a very busy week for me, having to, having to listen to these bands I'm going to uh, present today. And you'll understand why in a few minutes, a lot of minutes, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and also having uh, attended, yeah, how many shows? Two? Yeah, two wow. shows. Busy. And tonight will be my third Within the span of seven days. <laughs> so we have a lot to get to so Eric can get to that show. It's an important yeah. show. But I will say, I've been listening to that uh, Terror album. Super good. Super, super fun. God damn it, Terror. You done it again. And and yeah, I'm going to have to keep my eye out for that new funeral dress track because, god damn, when was the last time they put anything out? I don't know, but I'm looking forward to that one too. Uh, a lot of good stuff on that day. I recommend those other releases that are coming out on Pirates Press as well. Yep. All right, but but yeah, as far as the new material is concerned, I don't have much to add, so let's talk about the new material that I have added to this episode that was released back in April. Yes. <laughs> yeah, about a, about a month ago, just over a month ago, The Runts actually released new material in their Jumpstart EP, and I remember when I first uh, was talking about The Runts uh, back in uh, uh, last summer, actually. And I thought that they had a new track that was released, and it was technically an old track that was formed uh, right before they uh, went on hiatus in 05. So it was just uh, lying in the back catalog, and then when they came back, it was like, hey, check out this old song. (laughs) I thought it was a new song. It was an old song that's, I guess, unreleased, as they would say. Uh, So it's, uh, I think it existed on on an analog format, but... Never got digitally released. Uh, I don't remember what the whole story was, but bottom line is, the song that I chose here is an actual new song from The Runts, and it is good. Well, the whole Jumpstart EP is just three songs. Really good stuff. It's, you know, it's old school hardcore. It's It's that cusp of it getting a little bit into metal, just not quite jumping in, not even quite dipping their toes in, but you can hear it. It's sort of... It's sort of like if you would call a band like Judge Metal or Chromags Metal. Yeah, it doesn't exactly fit that uh, you know that name, but who really cares? It's good music anyway. So yeah, I chose the one that's uh, 
uh, most fitting for the run sound. Like it's the best stylized. It is fun. It is fast. It's got a little bit of a breakdown, a little bit of thrashiness to it, a little bit of skate punk to it. Here is my favorite song from their Jumpstart EP, Fortune Cookie. Did you hear all of that? Good. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it kind of goes uh, this way and that, not in a way where it's like you lose track of it. It's just like, wow, okay, what the fuck did I just witness? All right. Maybe I should listen to that again. And I did. I listened to that EP many times over just to really... Uh, just to really pin down what the best song was, and I guess it would be that one, but that's this week. Who the fuck knows? Maybe it's going to be the title track next week. <laughs> yeah, but that's how you know you got a good EP on your hands when you can't decide what your favorite song is. It's just three songs, and I don't know what's the best. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. That was the one that I chose, and I'm standing by it. Fortune Cookie. The Runts, forever, man. I'm glad you guys are back. Awesome. Uh, next up, we have a track uh, I, on Punkanoi Worldwide. looks like uh, end of April, around the 25th, I released my label feature, Episode 3, and it featured Irish Voodoo Records, Curse Blessing Records, or at least bands from those, focusing on bands on those, and Asteroid M Records. I overlooked adding this band, though they only have the single out. The band 
uh, is going to be releasing later this year on Asteroid M Records, uh, an album. So be on the lookout for that. I want to thank Cody for reaching out and sharing. I overlooked this track to get it on there, which I'm glad I did, so I can include it on here. The band is Hard Pipe Hitters out of Las Vegas. They are, again, yeah. partnering with Asteroid M Records on that new album. This is the first new track for the band in five years, so that's exciting to go check out. I don't know exactly when later this year, but be on the lookout for later this year for more music. On January 18th of this year, they did release the single. The single is called Third World America, so let's get into it. Let's check out some new hard pipe hitters, Third World America. We're all living in a Third World America! Third World America! that way a little bit right <laughs> especially when things keep reverting back to i don't know 1800s it <laughs> feels like <laughs> maybe not uh maybe not physically but mentally yeah god damn roe versus wade man <laughs> the fact that that's up for that that's up for being turned over go fuck yourself <laughs> Yeah, get all the old fucks out of the <laughs> out of the White House. They're behind the times. I don't even think half of them remember their names. Yeah, it's obvious that some do not. Uh, yes, and, and there's a lot of things, and that song is very applicable for right now. Obviously, it's a new track, but mm -hmm. uh, Hard Pipe Hitters, definitely looking forward to that album that gets released. Uh, hadn't heard them, but they are coming out of Vegas, so I'm hoping to get to see them. Play some of that, you know, this track and some other new music as we are very close to Las Vegas. So that'll be awesome. Good stuff there. Thanks again, Cody and Asteroid M Records. 
You guys are awesome. Yes. I got one more new one for this episode. This band is coming at us from Providence, Rhode Island. The band is called Passion Play, all one word. And they have some other releases. I believe I've played this band previously. I don't have the episode offhand, but go check out their music anyway. They did release a new single on March 28th of this year, so just over a month ago. And it is the first single off of their upcoming EP called Sinking. Off of that EP called Sinking and that single, it is called Parasite. So, Parasite came out on the 28th of March. It's been out for a little over a month. Here you go. Check it out. Then you'll want to go check out Sinking when it comes out. Here it is, Passion Play. That is Parasite. I did not see the release date posted yet for the the release yet. Uh, but that is the first release, or recording rather, that features the new vocalist, Brian, 
for the band. So congratulations to him. I think that turned out great. Sinking is the EP that you should be on the lookout for. Parasite was the name of that track. Eric, what you think of that Providence, Rhode Island band? Well, I got a couple things to say. For one, it took me back to my middle school days when music like this was in such abundance in many uh, teenagers' Walkman. Yeah, we still had Walkmans back then. <laughs> I'm not that new school. <laughs> iPods were a luxury, man. Right. <laughs> the little the, the little ones that were like a brick. They were so fat. Right. It only had like maybe 20 gigabytes, but that was the shit back then. You were the popular kid in school if you had an iPod like that. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, that's... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm losing track here. Yes, that was the type of music that kind of... Uh, metalcore slash post-hardcore type of type of music that's just like really mathy it's just going all over the place it's like a a really sporadic jazz almost nice <laughs> you know and you definitely had a lot of that going on here so it's nice to know that music like that is still coming in hard music is still you know, it's still privy to actual technical capabilities yep. <laughs> among the musicians. So, yeah, it's not lost on a lot of people. So, yeah. And these guys, they put a lot of effort into it. You can hear it. And it's not like they're being flashy with it. Like, oh, look at me. I wrote a fucking atonal riff. Converge has uh, got nothing on me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're doing it. I can, I can tell. They're doing it because this is their... Uh, this is their passion project. This is something they feel needs to be done. Right. So, so yeah. Yeah, passion project. Passion play. Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, passion play, my hat goes off to you guys. You're actually you're actually quite a, uh, what is it, a credit to said genre. Awesome. Well, good stuff. Go check out passion play. That wraps up our new music. We got a lot of stuff to get to. Razors in the Night interview is also coming up. But before we get there... We have some older, maybe lesser known, you decide stuff coming up. Eric, what did you have? What'd you pick? Oh, it's definitely lesser known. <laughs> yeah. Like Harder I, to find. Yeah, like I uh like I aforementioned in the previous episode. <laughs> um, I'm still gonna be riding the uh, general violence conference train because like I said, there are a lot of great fucking bands on here. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, there are uh, two more bands that I'm going to unveil this episode. This is the one. Well, this is one of the two, is what I meant. And honestly, the, it's not that these guys wrote uh, bad music, it's good music, but I chose them strictly on the grounds of their name. <laughs> die. 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 Just die, with a little period at the end of it. Just <laughs> Never a name so succinct like that. I just love it. Nothing. It's just how straightforward. And, you know, everyone knows what it means. It's just die. Okay. Right. <laughs> but then again, that's also that's also up to... Uh, what I'm getting at is, like, it's such a simple word. And Dustin can attest to this. There is more than one band that is called Die or has Die in their name. Yes, makes it very difficult to search and find what you're looking for. Yep. So <laughs> if you're trying to find these guys, make sure you put the period at the end of it. And on Instagram, it's Die, period, fuck, period, you, period. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> they really are, they are very practical when it comes to, when it comes to punctuation. Right? So... 
Yeah, again, remember when I said uh, technicality is not lost or, or technical skills are not lost on these type of bands? Well, grammar isn't either. <laughs> Despite what many lyrics and just so many so many lines ending in prepositions. Makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I guess I'm uh, losing base here, but honestly, I don't really have much else to say about Die. I don't know them too well. I just uh, caught part of their set as they closed out the uh, first half of GVC at uh, yeah the Beehive Show. So they were the last one to play the All Ages event and kind of usher in the next half. So uh, not, nothing else to say. Die. Here is the song from their demo that came out in 2020. Here is Poor Posture. Short, sweet, and to the point, like old school hardcore, as I'm sure you could hear it right there. Yeah, and uh, kind of realizing that that was uh, not dissimilar to the uh, uh, to the musical projection of the Runts. All right. So, yeah, didn't mean to get all thematic up in this bitch, but <laughs> whatever. It's it's a thing. Right. It's a thing, and uh, yeah, they only have one EP out. They've only been a band for. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at their Instagram now. And the first post that they did was, let's scroll all the way to the bottom. Come on. Yeah, it was just two scrolls. October 1st, 2020. Okay. Yeah, so they're entering the terrible twos. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but, but yeah, I saw them perform. They were really fun. And I can't remember if I hung out with them at some point during during the whole excursion, but I was meeting so many new people that night. I got, awesome. I kind of lost track what bands <laughs> they were a part of. So, but there you go. There is Die. That's Poor Posture from the demo EP. Check out the rest of that EP. And if you want to find them, don't worry. We got you covered. <laughs> like like Dustin said, die.fuck.u. Period. There you go. So, there you are. Die. Period. It's going to happen to all of us. So, you know, <laughs> do it sometime. <laughs> All right. Well, before I go on, I forgot to mention during the new songs, uh, Lawmaker. I love that band. They just put out a new single today called People's Champ. It's the uh, next single 
off of their forthcoming, I think it's going to be an EP this time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, awesome song. You can go check it out. You can go buy it on iTunes, whatever, or go check it out on streaming services like Spotify. It's there. I listened to it when I was at the gym earlier today. Saw it like, oh, yeah, I knew that was coming. Forgot about it. What a pleasant surprise. It was good stuff. So, do yeah. it. <laughs> Next, let's get into a band just came across. Uh, I want to thank Sinrig. Sinrig. C-Y-N-R-I-G. Uh, for reaching out. He's in the band. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, yeah, a punk name, Sinrig, right? I think that I, I read that on their website. Uh, now, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but... Uh, they are a band from Wales in the UK. The Red Bastards, they're awesome. They, I think they have a single out uh, also, but they have the Red Bastards EP, which, which is four tracks. They released that September 4th uh, of 2021. So it was just this past September. It's, what, about eight months ago, roughly. So it's not, yeah. it's not that old, but it's a little bit older. Uh, it's last year. It's old. It's we're so living last in the, year. We're living in the digital age, man, <laughs> where three months is uh, is basically accumulated to what we would call a year back in uh, the 2000s. Right. So, yeah, technology speeding things up. Why do, you think the, why do you think Generation Y and Gen Z are so bitter and resentful and so, you know, feeling like old people? Because <laughs> <laughs> everything got sped up. Right. Uh, go check out the Red Bastards. You can go find them on Bandcamp. Uh, the name of the band, the Red Bastards, it was inspired by an infamous bunch of highwaymen who used to terrorize the local area. So in case you're curious on what the Red Bastards comes from, there you go. That's what it comes from. They're from Wales. Off of the Red Bastards EP, we're going to check out a track called In the Band Played On. So let's let the band play on. All right. In your little 
Oh, that sounds like a British punk song. <laughs> right? <laughs> Love it so much. Uh, I thought that song is great. It's catchy. Uh, it's funny. I'm laughing my ass off while the song's going on. What did you think of the Red Bastards? Uh, yeah, I can say the same. There were so many parts where their lyrics were met with such guff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, especially the the fact that the hook in the chorus is like, "What the deal, that up your ass." <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, oh god, these guys, <laughs> you limey bastards. That's <laughs> uh, good stuff. Go check out the Red Bastards. Go check out that EP. They have a Bandcamp page. Uh, that track's great. They do have uh, a video out as well, but not for that specific track. Not that I know of. I didn't see the video uh, for that one. So uh, go out, check them out. Go check out the single as well. It's good stuff. Eric, uh, we're getting close to doing an interview, but before we get there, uh, do you have any live shows you want to get to? I know you have a live show you want to get to tonight. Uh-huh. Have any live shows you want to talk about before we get over to those albums and interview? Well, yeah. Let me uh, let me talk about the two shows I attended this last weekend. Okay. Yeah, both of them were death metal shows. Both of them were within two days. It was a death metal weekend. <laughs> and, yeah, the first one was the first time I crowd surfed in I don't remember when. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, take that for what it's worth. Anyway, yeah, that was on the 7th. It was Behemoth, Arch Enemy, and Napalm Death. Right. Yeah. And also, I wanted, there was something I discovered about Napalm Death. Back in uh, August of uh, 2021, I was, yeah, in episode 233. I did a great cover-to-cover album of Napalm Death's Enemy of the Music Business. And one of the songs I chose was the song Incinerator. I came out to find that that is not one of their songs. Although I thought it was on their album, it was, but it's a bonus track. It has six bonus tracks attached to the album, which is just their uh, uh, leaders, not followers. I think... uh, it's something like that. I can't okay. remember the exact title, but it was an EP they released entirely of cover songs where they have so- covers by the Stooges and Death and Pentagram and probably their most notable one, Dead Kennedys, Nazi Punks Fuck Off. Okay. Yeah. The song Incinerator is by a Canadian-based death metal, thrash metal band from Canada that are called Slaughter. Okay. Yep. So it's a... Uh, I really liked that song. I went and listened to the actual uh, uh, the actual recording of that song and re- come to realize, yeah, you know what? I like Napalm Death's version better. <laughs> so, so yeah, if you remember that episode, or uh, I doubt any of you do, but I'm just doing this to kind of clear the air, as it were. And uh, But, yeah, that song is awesome, even though Napalm Death didn't write it. Um, but Necessary Evil, that song is theirs. That is my favorite song of theirs, so... Yeah, I can save face on that one. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Napalm Death, they were awesome. They always put on a great live show, um, although I do like seeing them in a smaller venue. And that was the last time I saw them was at uh, Urban Lounge playing with the Melvins. So, at, you know, the Urban Lounge, there's no barrier. It's a bar show. The pit is very small. You're like, uh, you know, you're inches away from the band themselves. So... Yeah, I was having a good time at that one. I was having a good time at this one, too. Yeah, the pit was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and yeah, when they played Scum, it erupted. Everyone was going crazy. 
Ah, shit. And they, yeah, they played quite a few tracks from their uh, new one, uh, Throws uh, throws in the Joy as of, yeah, Throws in the Act of Resistance. It's a long title, and I can't remember <laughs> it off the top of my head. Uh, throws of Joy. So, okay. So, yeah, that's the, that's only half the title, but I remember that part. You know what I'm talking about. It's the newest album from Napalm Death, but they have since released an EP. Uh, regardless, Napalm Death was great, but Arch Enemy. That was kind of the whole reason I was there, because Arch Enemy was the first death metal band I had, I had been introduced to back when I was like maybe thirteen, and it was my best friend who was like, "Dude, I found this death metal band. They're called Arch Enemy, and their singer is a chick." I'm like, "Yeah, bullshit," because you know, <laughs> thirteen. Yeah, girls can't do the big guttural growls. They have high pitched voices, and as soon as he. Uh, as soon as he showed me, pulled up their video for uh, Nemesis on YouTube, I was like, oh, fuck, okay. I stand corrected. These guys are awesome. That's cool. So, yeah, it was one over by Arch Enemy, and, yep, they played the so- They played the two songs that were my favorite um, upon discovery of them. They played My Apocalypse, and that's when I got to crowd surf. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a good one. And... And yeah, I was going nuts. It took about seven people to hold me up and get me through to the other <laughs> side of the crowd, but it was great. I hadn't crowd served in a long ass time. And oh man, when they, they closed the set with Nemesis, and oh, I got pretty ignorant. <laughs> I was going fucking nuts. I was losing my mind. That's my favorite song by them. So yeah, I would have loved to have heard some more uh, some more stuff from their earlier albums, like Anthems of Rebellion. They I don't think they... No, I think they played one song from there. I can't remember what the title's called. I would have killed to have heard Silent Wars, though. That's a good one. Uh, And yeah, of course, I gotta point out the elephant in the room. Uh, My favorite vocalist of theirs, Angela Gosso, as we all know, had left the band as vocalist uh, back in 2014. And they have have since been replaced with Alisa White-Glues, who is not a bad singer in, in her own right. Uh, she yeah she cut her teeth uh, singing for the band The Agonist, which is a metalcore band. Okay. Yeah, or rather were. I don't think they're a thing anymore. I'd be I'd be incredibly surprised. Um, and yeah, so first time seeing Arch Enemy, I'm kind of bummed that Angela wasn't fronting them. But you know, Alyssa, she really holds her own. She's a she's a pretty good performer. She knows how to hold a crowd. She, you know, she does her thing all on stage and. Well, the lady is just gorgeous. She is just someone that you can kind of gawk over and just like be taken aback by her vocals. And she does a good job. But again, heavy shoes to fill. <laughs> heavy shoes, big shoes to fill. And yeah, I guess heavy on that front as well. Because Angela, yeah, she was demanding. It was just like, even when she was just talking to the crowd, when she would yell, it was like, all right, get your hats in the air. I'm like, Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and that's just uh, me seeing the live videos or listening to the live recordings. Uh, so, yeah, Alyssa, you're good, but Angela is the queen of death metal. That's cool. <laughs> At least in the vocal category. Anyway, closing out the set was Behemoth, the, the probably most well-known satanic black and death metal band on the planet. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's pretty much what they are. They are satanic. They are heavy, and they just have a lot of uh, 
you know, they are visually entertaining. But on that front, seeing Behemoth, I was kind of expecting more. You know, I was expecting more theatrics to do with their uh, satanic presence. I mean, they had good imagery. They had their big logo on the, uh, which was uh, made of uh, metal as the backdrop. Okay. And their microphone stands had like a, a little cobra statues coming out of them. And there was the uh, sigil of Lucifer dead center on Nurgle's microphone. And, and yeah, the performance was good. The songs were good. The sound was great. They didn't play the Satanist, which was bizarre to me because that's their one of their most well-known songs right now. But, you know, it was it was a good performance. I was just expecting a little bit something more. They left you wanting more. Yeah, they left me wanting more. I thought that there was going to be some more, like, ritualistic things on there. Like, I mean, they did, cu- they, when they played their last song, they came out wearing this, these these robes with their faces hidden. They were, you know, they were black robes and everything. Uh so, so yeah, there was a bit to that, but I just I was just expecting something else. So, yeah, I can't say I was disappointed because, you know, it's like my first time seeing a, a full-on Behemoth set. First time I saw Behemoth was when they were touring with Cannibal Corpse back in uh, 2015. And I only stuck around for about half of their set because that was my first time seeing Cannibal Corpse. I was there for them, man. <laughs> my other favorite death metal band. Anyway, speaking of other death metal bands, my favorite current death metal band, Gatecreeper, played a show at the Urban Lounge the very next night on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, Sunday. <clears throat> lucky you and your death metal. Yeah, lucky me. And, oh boy, I tell you, I was going hard in the pit for that one as well. In fact, I even caught a, I don't know, someone's hand hit me right on the nose, just right on the bridge. It still hurts. Right now, by the way. Yeah, so it swelled up, and, you know, I always had a penchant for getting my nose busted or just hit every time I went into the pit. Ever ever since my first show, a girl got up on stage, a very large woman, don't ask me how she got up there, and she just decided it was a good idea to stage dive. And I just see the crowd disperse around me as much as they could, and I look up, and I, and I was met with, it was met with a giant... Oh, fuck. Boom! Right on my fucking face. I felt my neck crack behind me. Got me some good old whiplash. And then I went to the, you know, I was laying on the ground. And then I came to. Everyone's just like making a circle like, back up, back up. (laughs) And then I got helped up. They're like, are you okay, bro? I'm fine. I went to the bathroom and looked in the mirror and my nose was uh, sideways. Going to the right. I'm like, oh, my nose is broken. Uh, well, I'll deal with that later. Went back into the pit, and <laughs> then later we were. Uh, it was me, my best friend, and his uncle who uh, chaperoned that night, and we were we were just chilling in uh, Denny's afterwards and just uh, you know having some food. And his uncle is sitting right across from me. He's looking, dude. What happened to your nose? I go, oh yeah, I forgot. And then. I just I just yanked it across my face and just positioned it back in. And his face, it was just like, oh, my God, you just repositioned your nose? Uh, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> yeah, and now if you feel the bridge of my nose, it's incredibly bumpy and bulbousy. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. So I thought it was kind of funny. It was like some things never change. Nice. <laughs> and that was my first show. You want to know what show that was? It was Escape the Fate. Nice. Everyone remember that? That weird, uh, 
weird emo post-hardcore thing. I remember the name. Don't remember any of their songs. Ah. Uh. So lock and load. <laughs> but it's okay. I got the. I went through everything that night. That was my first time I was in a mosh pit. First time I was in a wall of death. First time I got a concert injury. And first time I did a stage dive off of the stage. And people only caught me by my ankles. So, nice. so yeah. <laughs> I got the whole fucking treatment at that one show. Uh, so I was set. <laughs> and I'm still set. Anyway, Gate Creeper, they were fucking awesome they played most of the songs i wanted to hear i'm still holding out for them to play one if not all of the four songs from their first ep just come on give me some void below give me some force fed give me some overdose i want those songs to be played live in front of me but they played a lot of good stuff from their albums and from their previous album unexpected reality they did one of my favorite songs which i played on my top 10, uh, top 10, top whatever albums of 2021, which was Sick of Being Sober. They played that one. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> they played a lot of, they eh, played a lot. And they there were songs that I couldn't really put a name to, but I recognized the riffs. I recognized the lyrics and I'm just going crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. I got there a little late and I was bummed to, to know that I missed 200 stab wounds. I was like, oh, damn it, come on. I would have loved to have seen those guys again. Uh, but, well, you know, there was a, there was a band. I got inside when a band was like halfway through their other set. I don't remember their name, but yeah, they were all right. Kind of like on the same vein as a, a Paul Bearer if you get, or Baroness. So kind of proggy, they got a lot of those soaring, soothing vocals and a lot of uh, uh, some pretty long riffs and a very specific guitar tone. Okay. So so yeah, they were all right. I was just uh, standing on the side stage, drinking my beer, conversing with my friends. and uh, But yeah, the main reason I was there, I saw their whole set. I got to say hi to, the, to their guitarist, Eric Von Wagner, or as I know him as... The Dark Cowboy. All right, that's <laughs> cool. Because, yeah, first time I saw Gay Creeper, it was down in Phoenix, Arizona, where they were opening up for the Cro-Mags. And that was the, other than getting introduced to an awesome death metal band, I was very taken aback by his outfit on stage. It's like he was dressed like a normal death metal guy, wearing a Cannibal Corpse shirt, wearing a big blue jeans. and But he was wearing a 10-gallon hat on top of that. So, the dark cowboy. <laughs> that's because he works in, uh, I, I believe, ranching. So, that's a pretty interesting fact about uh, what death metal dudes do in their spare time. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, bought a, got a few picks. Got a sticker. Honk if you're horny for Gate Creeper. Nice little bumper sticker. I <laughs> uh, haven't put it on because I don't know how much longer I'm going to have this car. We'll see. And, <laughs> and, yeah, got a poster. Got a sick shirt. It was well worth all the $70. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, those were the two shows that I attended last week. And I'll be attending another one tonight. At the time of recording this interview, I will be seeing DRI in T minus six hours. Six <laughs> DRI. Hours? Oh, yeah, it's a bar show. It's not starting until uh, 8 p.m. And right now it's uh, 6.42. Okay. So, yeah. We got some time. Okay. <laughs> we got some time. I'll be seeing D-R-I. Who am I? The Dirty Rotten Idiots. 
There you go. <laughs> I'm wearing the I'm wearing the jacket right now, the one that I made myself, and it kind of shows patches need to be resewn. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but yeah, I'm going in there. I am ready to thrash my brains out. Maybe that was the last time I stage dived. Was uh, not even stage dive. I just dove off the P8 stack and front flipped into the crowd during thrash hard. Nice. So yeah, that was probably the last time ever. Until now. <laughs> we'll see if I'll even stage dive. I don't remember. Or I don't I don't think I will. Maybe not a lot of people to catch me over at Aces High. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're too drunk. <laughs> well, nearby yes. there at uh, Resolute Tattoo tonight, you get some kind of nightmare. Yep. With the uh, Fancy Lads, Debasers, and Real Flip. Yep. Yep. Um, also adding on to the uh, DRI bill is a band called Paralysis, and then Local Specials, Deathblow, and Necrowolf. I am now excited for Necrowolf because one of their members is a piece of shit. I will not say who, but okay. I really don't like them. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, on, there's going to be a load of shows in in May, but and some of them overlap. So, for one, on the 13th, we have at Brewski's up in Ogden, the Outlaw Stiffs, Usurpers, the Avenues, and Violent Unrest. Cool. And on the 14th, we have Thoroughgood Jenkins, 333, Youth Group, and Bad Mouth over at Resolute Tattoo. On the 15th, we have S- we have the SLC Punk Rock Flea Market with musical entertainment of Endless Struggle. Cool. Oh, yeah. The street punk pioneers of Salt Lake City. That'll be at the Sugar Space Art Warehouse. On the 16th, there will be Fib, Air Vent Dweller, Gonk, Mung, Pseudos, Portal, and Portal to the Goddamn Blood Dimension at your mom's house. That's a bit of a mixed bill. If you know Portal to the Goddamn Blood Dimension, well, they are weird. <laughs> God, they're very weird. Oh, God. So we'll, we'll see how that one turns out. And... And yeah, that's all we have for the uh, for the next week and a half. But oh boy, the next couple of weeks there's gonna be a lot. There'll be a lot to go through. I will be attending quite a few. So yeah, get prepared for my uh, little anecdotes of previously attended concerts. You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> well, we got to get back to stuff, but I got several shows to go through as well. Uh, speaking of some kind of nightmare, they're doing their blasting across the states tour, even though I think they're just about always on tour. But tonight they're in Salt Lake at Resolute, just like Eric said. Tomorrow the twelfth in Boise, the thirteenth they're in Portland, fourteenth they're in Seattle, fifteenth they're in Tacoma, seventeenth they're at Salem, Oregon, eighteenth Sacramento, California, nineteenth in Oakland, L.A. on the twentieth, twenty-first in Oceanside. They still have several shows after that. Maybe we'll talk about those again. But you can go to SCON, S-K-O-N, The Band, to find out specifically where. But they're coming to a neighborhood near you if you live in the West. So be on the lookout. If you're in Las Vegas, you can head to the Evil Pie for Saturday the 14th to see Talking Bombs and No Consent. Talking Bombs will be playing their full album, Super Intense Lullabies. I think that came out back in January. Eric played something off of it back around when it came out. So be on the lookout. Go there Which Saturday. Band? What's that? Which band? Uh, Talking Bombs. Oh yeah, that was a yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, it was back in January. So I think that's around when it came out. So yeah. go look for them and No Consent, who's coming in town from Big Bear Lake, California. 
Uh, it's a free show at the Evil Pie on the 14th. Next, we are going to move to Cancer Slug playing on May 13th, Friday, May 13th, with the Despicables, Battered Image, Down Not Out in Houston, Texas. Or no, sorry, it's on Houston Street in San Antonio, Texas. There we go. So go to Vibes Underground in San Antonio. It'll be $16 in advance, $18 at the door. Show starts at 7 p.m. You can go check out those bands. Uh, we're playing Down Not Out here in the next few months. If you want to go see Slapshot with Urban Elite and Smertegrunsen's Toldere, they are all in Copenhagen. And not a lot of shows are happening over there, or, you know, as far as like big punk bands. More, more bands need to go over to Copenhagen. A lot of cool bands there in Denmark, but Slapshot is making their way through. That'll be on May 22nd. And those other two bands are awesome. When I did that episode featuring Danish bands, both those bands are great. And you can go see Slapshot, who are awesome. You can go see The Exploited and Cro-Mags and Total Chaos and The Afraid, May 28th, it's a little bit in advance, but if you're near Ventura, California, and you want to see those bands play, then you're going to want to make your way to that show. Savage Beat, they will be playing with Alvilda and Get Jealous. This is going to be this Friday, the 13th, and also uh, with, it looks like Professional Againsters, that is another cool band. Uh, the show, where is the show on the flyer? I can't find the, the location for it. Uh, looks like that band's from Paris. I don't know. Go over to, if you want to see them, it's over in Europe. If it's professional againsters, they are from Sweden. So it might be somewhere near there, but, uh, I don't know. Go check out Savage Beat and you can see where they're playing. They're going to be playing a show this Friday. It's going to be in Europe. Go find it. Sorry, I didn't have a better information there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's at the bottom of the flyer, but it was cut off, so I couldn't tell. On Saturday, May 14th, Bier Teufel, they are doing their Skinhead Party record release show with Airbards. And so you can go check them out. That'll be in Essen there in Germany. So go over to Don't Panic and you can go check that out. And then on the 17th, they'll be in Eisenhutenstadt. Slash Steelbridge with uh, Bishop's Green, who's over there touring right now, and Plizkin. So you can go check out those two shows. The Beer Teufel, awesome band there, and looking forward to that release coming out this Friday. Doug and the Slugs, they are playing Friday, May 20th with The Pride and Dry Sockets, uh, Spare Change Ska, Defected Drones, and Up Your Bobber. Sound system. I'm not sure if that's a band or not. But anyway, that's at First Street Pool and Billiard in L.A. That'll be next week, Friday. And there's two last shows. One, you definitely want to travel to, even though it is coming up May 14th and May 15th. But it is the Black and Blue Bowl in Brooklyn, New York. On Saturday the 14th, you'll see Sig of it All, Agnostic Front, Murphy's Law, Ignite, uh, The Fight Threat to Society... The Fight and Threat to Society, it looks like. Sub-Zero, com- uh, Combust. And then on Sunday, Madball, Burn, Shutdown, No Redeeming Social Value, The Ice Cold Killers, School Drugs, One Choice, The Capturers. So Black and Blue Bowl, it's $40 single day, $70 two-day pass. That is coming up. So if you want to check that out, that is going to be awesome if you're there in New York. 
And finally, we're going to talk more about this show here in just a moment, but Razors in the Night, Tijuana Sweetheart are playing at the Sonya in Cambridge, Massachusetts with Sky Tigers on May 28th. Show starts at 8 or 9 o'clock. Doors open at 8. Go check them out. It's only $15. That shit is a steal. Eric, that's all I got. If you have nothing else to add, what do you have for an album? Well, the only thing I got to add is uh, Henry Rollins was here the other day. Oh, yeah, the spoken word thing. Yeah, he was at the stateroom. I kind of forgot about that. He and mentioned I'm, it last week, or I think. but yeah I, yeah, yeah, I did. I just forgot what day it was. I hadn't purchased a ticket or anything, so no loss, but... Actually, there is a loss, because I like hearing Henry Rollins speak. He's got a lot of great stories. He tells them in an entertaining way. I saw him uh, a few years ago when he came to as sort of like doing a uh, photo slideshow and telling the stories behind those photos, and it was going way back to like the 2000s to uh, present day. Cool. So it was, a, it was a pretty cool one. I also recorded the interview on my phone, you know. Awesome. Yep. Against the law as fuck, but <laughs> whatever. He doesn't have to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just saw people posting about it like, hey, I'm seeing Henry Rollins tonight. I got, oh, fuck, that was tonight. Well, I don't exactly have the funds, and uh, by now it's past 9 p.m. I'm sure he is well into his uh, little set, so, oh, well, maybe next time. <laughs> right? So, yeah, that kind of sucked. But you know what doesn't suck? My pick for the greatest cover-to-cover album of eh, 2017? No, not really. (laughs) Greatest cover-to-cover demo, because that's what this is. It's a demo from yet another band from the GBC. And this is the last one I'm going to uh, gush over. But, you know, maybe... Actually, there is no maybe. Some of these bands are going to be coming back. I'm still in the little group chat of all the bands and their Instagrams. So, and some of them are like, yeah, we're planning on coming back. We're coming back. All right. Let's get some shit started. I mean, Spencer and Tyler, they know how to work their magic. So That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, they they live in a place where they have a venue. <laughs> you know? That's your mama's house. <laughs> That's Yo-Yo Ma's house. <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, I'm stoked to be that they're planning on coming back. We left a good impression on them, and that's great. So, hopefully one of those bands is the one I'm going to be talking about here in a few seconds, Disease. Yeah, these are a two-piece, the, yeah, this is a two-piece grindcore band from Seattle, and they have a few releases out. Most of them are splits that they did with the uh, other type of uh, grind and death grind, mince grind, uh, grinder. Looking for meat. (laughs) Yeah, those types of bands. And the only one that they have to their name that's strictly them, at least as far as I know, is The Demo. Yeah, back released back in 2017, like I said. And I only managed to find two digital versions of it. One of them was on YouTube, the other on their Bandcamp. And in, I guess, typical grind fashion, it's released the same way that they would have a a physical mixtape. In that, you just kind of have to listen for when the songs change. <laughs> so yeah, they have the whole EP in one speci- in one track, one track on Bandcamp and on YouTube. And I actually did my field work on this. I was sitting there with a little pencil and paper, just trying to differentiate what songs started where and keeping the time signatures. Some people do that on a <clears throat> on when they upload albums to YouTube. Right. They if you want to go to a specific song, they put a hyperlink to the time 
you know, the minute and the second of when that song starts. So I was kind of trying to do that just in my very uh, rudimentary way. Okay. <laughs> and even then, I cannot... There are a few parts where I can't, I can't uh, discern when a fucking song is ending or beginning. Usually it's uh it's done by a one two three four count on the hi hat or snare, but sometimes they just uh punch right into it and it's just nothing but ah, ah, and and yeah I can't decipher the fucking lyrics either <laughs> and the song titles on these things. I mean, there was one in specific. Let me pull it up. Yeah, I brought my paper here. I have a reference. You got songs like uh, Extermination of Third Avenue Scum, Privileged Death Metal Poser, Mass Incarceration for the Sole Purpose of Dehumanization, (laughs) and Lung Worm Infestation, Ravenous Human Meat Consumption, in parentheses, a part of me. And then you have stuff like uh, Junkie Dump, or Dolled Up for the Grave, (laughs) Botched Entombment, and Casper's Curb Stomp. (laughs) And then stuff that's a little uh, goofy, like Chainsaw Aftermath Cleanup. Like, B-movie status nice. right there. Just makes me think of Evil Dead. Oh, God. Having to clean up that house? Oh, I don't want to think of that. And that's so inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the blood just gets everywhere. And it starts to look like maple syrup. <laughs> anyway. So, going with what I said on how it's hard to differentiate the songs from one another. I am. We're basically just going to do a straight run-through of three of their songs. FNFL, I do not know what that stands for, uh, Sharon Tate Aesthetic, and T-Boned by a Bike. <laughs> so we're going to go through all three of them. I hope these are the right songs. Uh, Disease, if uh, if this gets uh, back to you, which I'm sure it will, uh, maybe just uh, correct me if I'm, uh, <laughs> if I'm missing the mark here, but dude... Again, a lot of your songs, it's just uh, it's just hard to see what's what. Um, maybe I'm playing two more than I realized. <laughs> but this is what I uh, presume to be FNFL, Sharon Tate Aesthetic, T-Bone by a Bike. Let's go. Let's do the straight run through.
So yeah, there you go. <laughs> Any ideas? <laughs> yeah, for all I know, I'm probably playing uh, half of one song, <laughs> and I don't know. This is uh, maybe I'm playing one song that's uh, played in its entirety and not knowing it. So maybe I just played all of Sharon Tate Aesthetic and none of T-Bone by a bike. So I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what song is what in this degree and also elsewhere on the album. I thought I had it down, but uh, it's a, it's really hard. But that's how you know that's how you know that you have a pro here, someone who can differentiate grindcore songs that are played basically right on top of each other with little to no space in between. Right. You know, so yeah, I kind of uh I kind of tip my hat to myself on that one that <laughs> I put the effort in <laughs> to try and figure out what song was what. Most people don't do that. Honestly, I was just thinking of going for broke and just playing the whole fucking EP because <laughs> it's it's only 11 minutes long. <laughs> you know, all the songs that those three songs that you just heard that amounts to about two minutes, something like that. I don't know. It was yeah from the time yeah from the time stop of three minutes and 54 seconds into the demo to five minutes and 39 seconds into the demo. <laughs> so yeah, just uh. Under two minutes, apparently. Nice. <laughs> but that's grindcore for you, I guess. You really have to have a ear that's uh, like a decoder in your head to figure out these songs. And, yeah, I wish I could tell you what these songs are about because they didn't post their lyrics. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, there you go. Disease. They're, they're awesome dudes. Awesome band. Uh, amazing music to listen to, even though I can't tell you what... My favorite song is apparently, <laughs> but this whole demo is uh, great, and their other stuff. You know the splits that they did also great. Just uh, just check out this band if you're a grind kid, if you love noisy and just uh, discordant music that's all grainy and shit. Then yeah, I hope that disease really suits your taste because they suited mine, and I don't listen to a lot of grind. Awesome, yeah. Well, disease. <laughs> We're on to the band we're going to do an interview with. Uh, let's get into it. The band is Razors in the Night. They did put out a split with Tijuana Sweetheart. The vinyl is not out yet. They'll talk about that in the interview. They officially released their digital tracks from the split back in January. The original date, I think, was January 20th when the show was supposed to happen. And 20th, 22nd, something like that. And that's when they put out the digital tracks for you to check out. So they're already out there for you to check out. We're going to listen to one right now. If you're unfamiliar with the band, they're a Boston area band. I did play their album, uh, Never Give In, as a great cover-to-cover album way back on episode 25, which was November 26th of 2017. That was early on for this podcast. And I played Out of Touch, Basement Brigade, and By Your Side, which are all great tracks. Then we had Troy on episode 92.5, which was the Northeast Oi Fest uh, Part 2 episode uh, of all bands that were going to be playing Northeast Oi Fest, including his other band, Bricks and Mortar. That's who we did the interview about then, and that was March 26th of 2019, if you're interested in checking out either of those. And then the other half of that split and the other half of the co-reunion, dual reunion, whatever you want to call it, epi- or show that they're going to be doing here on the 28th. Tijuana Sweetheart, we just did an interview with them back in January on episode 248, and we did it back in January because we did it the week before the show got pushed 
uh, from that January date. So at the time, we were prepping to have the show happen in like three weeks. Unfortunately, that had to change. But you can go check out that interview. We talked a lot about the Tijuana Sweetheart side of that reunion. So we got to get to the music. Let's do it. Uh, one of the two new tracks is called City on Fire. So here we go. Uh, Razors in the Night, City on Fire, immediately followed by the interview. <laughs> Now we are sitting with Troy and Swid from the band Razors in the Night. Say hello, What's gentlemen. Up? No. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Classic. Anyway, we're stoked to have you guys on here. We know we got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to get through and a lot of stuff to look forward to. So it's like yeah. to be on. We love this show. Yeah. Well, we love you guys' music. Don't we? We do. And <laughs> a, a lot to get to. I, I should have shown you. You know, I, I took a picture a while ago. Records, I don't know if you can see. Nobody that's listening can see. But I'm holding up all my releases from Razors in the Night that I have on vinyl. Yeah, there we so go. you guys can see. Look at <laughs> oh, that. Nice. Oh, nice. That's so funny. I was just talking to Hans from Strongbow today. <laughs> nice. The, he's in a new band called Skin Sex. And they're they're awesome. They are awesome. I played Skin them. Skin Sex. Yes. <laughs> 
That oh, is man. cool. Well, awesome releases. Love playing those. I, I remember playing those, and then uh, ha- when you reached out, uh, and then we did the interview for Bricks and Mortar just a couple years back, I thought, that's awesome. And at the time, nothing going on with Razors in the Night. But yep. catch us up. So Razors in the Night are doing something. there. You have uh, we, we talked about this in the interview we did back in January with uh, the ladies of Tijuana Sweetheart. It's a double reunion show. Two bands, two reunions, same night. Yep. So a uh, little history on that. The first uh, split that we ever did was with uh, Tijuana Sweetheart, whose name at the time was Vagiant. Um, but they got cease and desisted and had to change their name. So that's why the name is now Tijuana Sweetheart. But if you have any of the old records, it's, it's Vagiant. And it was Vagiant for years until they had to change it. They were uh, pretty well known for Guitar Hero and Rock Band. And uh, they were on those video games. So uh, that was kind of like that. At the time, they were quite popular. And we put out a split with them. And then we did a, a U.S. tour uh, with them. So they're kind of like our sister band. And uh, there was kids coming to the shows with uh, like those Guitar Hero plastic guitars, having them sign it. It was uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's killer. Yeah, it was, and they're they're super fun, and they're awesome to go on tour with, and uh, just a great band, great ladies. Uh, actually, Swid filled in on bass a couple times for them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The last few times I filled in bass for them, I basically did this arrangement of uh, the theme from Golden Girls song. So we would cover it with them. Um, and every time we did it live, we ended up killing a golden girl. Like, yes. like every weekend that we played it, a golden girl would die. So, it's true. Wow. Did you happen to play it in the last week of December? We did not, but they we're not. saying if we if we had done it live at the show or something, I don't know. <laughs> but that was the one exception. Yeah, that's kind of our white makes the rules. Yes, yeah. seriously. Yeah. So that's that's our history with them, and uh, we played a ton of shows all over the place um, in Boston, outside Boston, with them over the years, and they kind of split up. Uh, I don't know, maybe a couple years before we did, and we just thought it made sense to uh, you know do a reunion with them and do a, a split with them as well. So it just kind of came together and just made a lot of sense. So we said, "Fuck it, let's go." Well, that first split you did, that's what I need to complete my Razors in the Night vinyl collection. So do you guys still have some of those? (laughs) Funny story. We we thought they were all sold out. And uh, when when I moved from Boston to Salem, I was just unloading stuff. And uh, after I'd already moved here, I was putting boxes in the attic that are actually still in the attic. But I, I thought this was a box of books and I opened it up and we found a whole box of seven inches that have been thought we thought were sold out for like five years. So uh, one of the things we're doing and uh, I'll ob- absolutely put one aside and send it to you guys. But one of the things we're doing is we're combining that original. It was a it was like a, a blood red vinyl seven inch. We're going to. Put the new, so I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys know about the whole, you know, backlog of vinyl due to supply chain shit from the COVID. Right. So, so uh, we're, we're like, have been super on hold for actually pressing the record just because of that. We're like in line with another eight bands in front of us, but um, we're going to put a, uh, so we're going to sell all the remaining original seven inches that we have left. Uh, with the new cover for the new 7-inch and a download card for the songs. 
and you put your name and address on uh, a sheet we're going to have at the reunion show. And then you'll get the original, you'll get the music and the artwork, and then we'll send you the vinyl when it finally gets pressed. Let's speaking of that show, uh, let's get into the details of that show. So the date, the place, where, where do people need to be to get to that show? So the show is, uh, the rescheduled date is Saturday, May 28th, this year, 2022. And it's going to be at Sonia in Cambridge in Massachusetts. Uh, Sonia is a newer club. It used to be called TT the Bears, which was a legendary club in the Boston area. And a couple of years back, it, they just kind of demoed the entire thing and opened it up and built one of the, actually one of the first new clubs of that size in Boston uh, for a long time. Um, and it kind of happened when a lot of other clubs were closing down. So it was, it was kind of great. Um, it sounds awesome. I was just there on Monday to see the chisel and yellow stitches and sounds great. It's nice. It's new. It's big dance floor. If you guys have ever been to TT the bears in the past, you won't even believe it's the same place. They open it up so big. Wow. Reminds me of a few venues over here. That's cool. Yeah. That, that's awesome. So both bands doing the, the reunions, the, the dual reunion. How often does that happen? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We're just, we're just that good enough friends. And, uh, we actually all all moved from Boston to Salem together, so um, <laughs> we, live with, we live within walking distance from a lot of people and, and a lot of music that we kind of came up with. So it just it was just easy and it just made sense, and we were both into it and wanted to do it, and it was just time. Um, it was just time, so we all just said, "Yeah, let, let's do it." Uh, also, I do want to mention that uh, Sky Tigers are is the opening act. If you haven't heard them, you really need to. They're they're like my favorite local Boston band, but they're not going to be local for long. They just took uh, they just won the Boston the Boston Music Award, and uh, they just put out a new record on a new label, and they're they're super awesome. And we're really psyched to have them play with us. Speaking of shows, then uh, what you know we're kind of going in a reverse order, but let's get into what Razors in the Night are up to at the moment. So we have the reunion show. You guys released the split, the digital songs. Uh, people could already go check out. Vinyl's coming. What, what's the, the plans for post-May 28th uh, for shows, putting music together? What, what's Razors in the Night? Uh, what, what's your plan for the foreseeable future? I mean, the, the plan up until now is to get past that show and, and see how it all goes. <laughs> Make sure everyone is still... Uh, a couple weeks off. Still good. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been cramming. There's people coming in from Texas and California practicing. We've got uh, Todd Wilson coming up from New York. So there's there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of scheduling and organization that <laughs> frustrates the fuck out of me. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I'm I'm the guy who's got to do it. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to say that we don't have some stuff lined up, but. Uh, I really can't say anything and let any cat out of the bag until until the 28th show. But let's just say we've been contacted by quite a few people to do quite a few things, asking us the exact same question you are. Is it true? Are you guys back? Like, ah, uh, <laughs> let's let's let, let, let's wait and see how the 28th goes. And uh, then more more to talk about on that. Perfect. Well, we look forward to whatever it might be. Uh, when they did the interview with Tijuana Sweetheart, that they had mentioned that a couple of the ladies had moved you know, back west, somewhere out, kind of by us, like at Arizona or Texas, California, yeah, yeah, they something got like that. Julie, Julie, two times lives in Texas, and Carrie lives in uh, LA. There we go. So 
Is that an issue with the lineup that's going to be playing the show for Razors in the Night? Did some of the guys move away in that period of time? Uh, I noticed that Joey and Devin of your other band, Troy, had been, <coughs> you know, playing with you as far as, you know, probably practices and so forth. So what's the status of the lineup for Razors in the Night? So the, uh, Razors of the Night and, you know, Always has been originally um, me and Ian Clark and Swid as the main songwriters, and it's always been that way. Uh, we kind of have a little rotating rhythm guitarist and drummer over the years. Uh, we've had different tour drummers. Um, we've had different drummers on records. So it's still the three of us um, writing the music. Uh, and thankfully, Devin and Joey from Bricks. It just so happens we share the same practice space, and they love they Razor for the Night. They sound great. Yeah, and and know the songs already, so it was just kind of a no brainer, and they were both like, "Fuck yeah!" So uh, it just kind of worked out that way. Like you know, you know when things like align and work out, they just work out. You know, it wasn't actually even hard. They were just like, "Yes." <laughs> and, uh, that said, uh, Caleb and Todd are both playing the show. Caleb is the last drummer, so he played on "Never Give In," and he was with us for a number of years. Excellent drummer, and yep. Todd, who was our first rhythm guitarist who is on Carry On, and, you know, part of the songwriting process for Never Give In is also playing uh, a bunch of that show, too. Todd moved to New York, and he's in a, a fucking rad band called United Blood. I don't know if you've uh, heard of them yet, but they're definitely up and coming. And uh, Caleb moved to Oakland, California, and uh, now he's coming back. So, yeah, both of them will be on stage with us for the reunion. How fun is that for you guys to be able to get back together and play some of those songs? Because when, you know, a great band, you guys had toured in the U.S., but even over, you went over to Europe, you've toured in Europe, you've played these songs, people enjoy these songs from all over the place. And so how cool is it to be able to get back together and play those songs again, uh, you know, as a group? For, I mean, for me, it's super exciting. Uh, I've My heart and soul have always gone into writing music for Razors. Um, I've always felt deeply about the band and, and our message. And uh, I I think it's great. I'm super excited. I mean, you, Swid, you can say see how big my smile is at practice. So. <laughs> Certainly. It's funny how, how much comes down to muscle memory, too, when we first you know got together and played. Like, yeah, that first practice sounded pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a matter of like, oh, how does this song go? How does this that song go? It all came together pretty quickly. And, you know, we've been hammering on it, making it tighter and tighter. But, you know, the, the bare bones of it was like, oh, my God, who <laughs> didn't forget these songs at all. It's like it's like one of those things. I mean, I've, I've been in a lot of bands, you know, through the years. And there's just certain bands with certain people that just go together well and I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just one of those things. But to me, Razors is one of those bands, no matter how many bands I've been in, you know, growing up and, and, uh, through the years, it's just like, we click in that way, you know, it's, uh, I don't really know how to explain it. Well, some of us just get it. Cause I mean, I can attest, but I've been in so many in my, in my youthful age and I'm still in, uh, I'm, I'm in two bands right now. <laughs> Uh, but on that note, like I, I want to ask, like, did any of the, did any of the music from those previous bands, uh, did it carry over into into Razors? Yeah, definitely. Oh there's, yeah. There's songs from Troy's old band, 
Beware. There's songs from my old band, Motherfucker Superior. Yep. There's songs from Ian's old bands. Even uh, I can't remember, but yeah, he, he, he's some old yeah. songs there. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what band it was because he's been in tons of bands too. But yeah, I think when we first started Rangers, we kind of all picked one of our favorite songs that we had written in a previous band just so it didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> but but the funny thing is when Razors plays it, it sounds so different that it's like yeah. you wouldn't even know it's the same song. That's kind of the idea when uh, uh, when you're going through all your influences, you just kind of like pick, you just cherry pick from uh, different bushes and, you know, that kind of covers up the tracks and then you just put it through your own, uh, put it through your own blender. Yeah, it comes yeah out I mean, you, you got to start somewhere and it's kind of just easier at the time when you're starting a new band just to kind of be like, oh, I really like this song. I, I really didn't want it to go away, so I wrote it. So you guys want to do it? That's how, that that's how it goes. John Fogarty, when he got sued for ripping himself off. <laughs> I don't know if you know that story. But <laughs> who, who, who's that? John Fogarty from Korea. <laughs> they had a really acrimonious breakup, and then he released, what, uh, Centerfield, I want to say, in the 80s, and his old manager sued him for ripping off his own song. He always knew one. How can I rip myself off? This is how I write. Must be the 80s. <laughs> that's the labels man it's like you're stealing our royalties it's like no I'm not I'm stealing my own suing yourself for making your own porn <laughs> I'm jerking myself off what the fuck <laughs> oh god you just charge yourself with sexual allegations oh that's <laughs> there's more We're than that for the latest part of the interview later on <laughs> more to come <laughs> oh god on that same note i like to i like to ask this about uh all the bands we at least i interview i want to know where the influence uh comes from like uh musically and lyrically like i don't know where would you say it comes from the most i mean swids i say swid goes first he's, he's more the music uh I, there's a lot of sources we are influenced by you know, some of, some of them aren't even, you know, punk, like Thin Lizzy, I think, shows up in some of our music to, to some degree. You know, like I listen to a lot of 70s rock and stuff like that, too. So that, a lot of that does show up in our music, I think, too. It's, it's all over the place, really. I'd love to hear. I wish Ian was here to answer this because he always has interesting answers as far as musical influences. Yeah. Mm. I mean, uh, the, the songs that I, I, wrote, I wrote in the band is... Uh, Mostly for me, I mean, I'm influenced by like Blitz, Sick of It All, um, Blood for Blood, um, for Blood, definitely. Yeah, um, I love like Cockney Rejects, The Business, I love uh, all their poppy choruses. I'm really big into like anthemic choruses. Um, so when when I write stuff, I'll, I'll bring it to the band and I'll like say, Hey, check this out, and, and then I'll like play it for Swid and Ian and they'll play it better. <laughs> then, then, I, then I brought it. Yeah, I got to surround myself with people who are better musicians than I am. Obviously, <laughs> smart people do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, lyrically, um, I mean, if it wasn't about something specific, most of my lyrics were usually pushing like the positive side of things. Since uh, I don't know, growing up in my life, everything seems to always be super negative all the time, and a lot of the music that I grew up on was was super negative, but that kind of led me down negative paths. So I, I felt that if people were kind of in that same mindset and heard aggressive music with a, a positive message that maybe 
it could, uh, you know, change things for the better. You don't, you don't always have to waste energy walking around being angry. I mean, it took me a lot of years to realize that, but when I did, I was like, Hey, we can uh, still play this music and it, it doesn't have to be, I mean, not saying that some of my songs aren't fucking angry, but um, <laughs> for, for the most part, uh, you know, I just like to, to see what's going on in the world in my life and our scene and our friends and just kind of like, you know, put a positive spin on it. If I can, uh, a more like, you know, lift yourself up, get out of your shit and go forward kind of things, you know, cause I've myself and, and just about everybody I know finds themselves in, in a, a bad shitty place where you think you're not going to be able to get out of it. And, you know, I'd like to give that message that, yeah, you fucking can get out of it. You just got to make the choice. Yeah. That seems to be among the most common theme in, uh, in pretty much all, all types of punk rock, but maybe except for crust, but, <laughs> but definitely in oi, definitely in hardcore, definitely in, uh, m- most anywhere else. It's all about, uh, yeah, it's all about persevering. It's like, yeah, we all come from, we all have had negative impacts on our life, but if you're just gonna, if you're just gonna roll over and just uh, kind of uh, admit defeat, then you're kind of missing the point. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with Gorilla Biscuits and Side by Side, and I love all those hardcore bands. And I was always really excited that, uh, you know, that that's the positive message that it gave. And, you know, I like working out and I love listening to hardcore and going to the gym and I don't know, it makes me smile. You know, people, people who don't know, listen to it and they're like, oh, this is crazy devil music. But, you know, take a second, listen to the fucking words. Yeah. <laughs> and some of it is. Some of it is crazy devil music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of it <laughs> absolutely is. But it's not, shouldn't all be pigeonholed like that. There are some hardcore bands with occultish lyrics. I mean, look at Integrity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> integrity is an influence. And, you know, he's all about the occult. Yeah. I, I love the, I love the occult. I think it's great. I've got all my books. <laughs> Look at my books. Check out my books. <laughs> Check out Danzig's, Danzig's library. Oh God! <laughs> the water cascading, water <laughs> lighting. Yeah, I get the message in uh, hardcore. That's the uh, that's the thing that people grasp on the most. I mean, it's all lyrically based, right? Yeah, you don't really have a choice but to listen to it. I mean, the music's there to make it sound cool. I mean, we got songs like Skinhead's All Right, and where it's basically just, you know, got sick of people asking me, are you a skinhead? And like, oh, well, what does that mean to you? You know, everyone has their own, these all, all ideas, but, you know, it means something different probably to every single person. So that's just my song and saying, hey, this is what it's about to us, and this is who we are. And, uh, you know, there it is. And we have songs like hipster Holocaust where we fucking our our little, our little town was like inundated with these kids who just would show up and just kind of take from the scene and never give anything back. And we just got sick and tired of it. And you know, that song is just me being pissed off about that. Yeah. Stop being a leech. Stop being a fucking poser. <laughs> and then uh, like the new song, uh, City on Fire. I actually wrote that way back, uh, way back when Razors was still playing. And uh, it was about, there was a, a summer. So if you can picture it, Boston is kind of broken up into these like boroughs. And the borough where all, we was like called the Musicians Ghetto. It was called Alston. It was the Alston Brighton area. And that was kind of like low cost housing where all the like, Pretty much all the bands you've ever heard come out of Boston have come from that area because it was cheap. There's a practice space you could walk to. There's great bars everywhere that were like bars. 
Cambridge and Austin are the only place that are really venues that you'd play to. Yeah. You know, like you, you don't see actual punk shows downtown Boston or anything like that or bands playing there. It's just not the case. Yes. Yeah, so we, we lived where we played, where our practice space was. There was, there was a, you know, one of the things that I've worked on is a documentary that documents all the, the insane amount of basement shows that were in Boston that were like, it was, it was insane. It was, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, I'm glad we got it on, on videotape. Um, and that's what the song Basement Brigade's about. Often never give in, you know? And on the, the, the new one that we did, City on Fire, there was a summer in Alston where like every fucking weekend there was like apartment buildings going up in flames. And a lot of it was because of like, these slumlords that were just letting these, you know, 15 kids live in these rundown places. And it, and it, it got pretty bad. So, uh, a house I lived on uh, Chester Street and Greylock was like a couple streets over. And I remember this house that I knew a kid who lived there like a year back, whatever, was like completely burned to the ground. So I just start, started writing some lyrics and uh, wrote a rhythm to it and stuck it on my computer and, you know, had it hiding there. And then when we started talking about the reunion show, I started getting back into my old files and I was like, motherfucker, I remember this song and I remember <laughs> what this was about. So I went and researched and got all the news reports of the, the places that were burning uh, from back then. So if you listen to the breakdown in the song, there's like actual news reports of actual places in Austin that were on fire. There you go. Sticking to your roots. I love it. <laughs> Along those lines, then tell us about Always Crucified. Since we're talking about your tracks, let's make sure we talk about your other new one. Uh, the other new one is um, the music was written by Ian, our guitarist. Um, we changed it around just a, a little bit. Um, That's a good example of going from negative to positive because the original version of that was ex- extremely negative, you know, <laughs> right? It was extremely negative and And that's not the mindset that I was in doing that. Like writing the lyrics from that was um, pretty much like uh, Ian and, and Swid uh, getting clean and me being really happy about that and kind of like, thinking about the struggles that they had to go through and Devin as well from bricks. And uh, I just kind of like wanted to write a song that was kind of like a, a path forward of about, you know, getting out of something and, and moving forward and, and just sticking to your guns and uh, like looking ahead and not getting stuck in a cycle and not getting stuck in a slump thinking that there's nothing you can do and it's always going to be bad. That's kind of what the the original song was. And uh, I kind of turned that around and made it more of a, a positive outlook and, and kind of where, where we're at now, actually. I love it when uh, I love it, especially when songs do that. It's like things sucked right now. There is stuff that I am pissed off about. But hey, let's figure out how we can change that shit. You always can. I mean, you might not think you can at the time because you're in that mindset, but it's the reality is you have the power to change anything you want to. It might just take some time and might be really, really hard, but you can still do it. Yeah, I know a thing or two about that. (laughs) I think we all do. Yep. (laughs) Those two songs, I'm sure you're looking forward to playing at the reunion show here in a couple weeks. Are there any of your other songs that either of you are looking forward to playing? Yes, we covered the ground pretty much with the, the set. It's it's a long set and it's pretty inclusive of any and all eras. I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I'd say I'm most looking forward to the first and last song. So okay. <laughs> take that where you will. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, we're, we 
I think everyone knows the songs that everyone wants to hear. And, uh, you know, like like with any band, you always like to listen to the original stuff. It's just the way it is. That, that's where you heard about them. And that's where you learned about them. That's what you fell in love with. And uh, we, we all know that because we're all fans. Yeah, there's there's definitely songs that I'm really looking forward to playing um, and that I know are have always been crowd pleasers. And people have asked us to play these. And we're not saying yes or no. But, I mean, I think everyone's going to get exactly what they're going to expect from us because we're going to bring it. We're, we're, we're even playing one just for us. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Possibly stuff after the 28th you'll be you'll you'll let, let people know so where's good places for people to follow you since we're going to be putting this out uh, it's going to be a couple weeks before the show so no nothing new as far as what you might be posting post May 28th where should people go follow you so they can figure out whatever it is that you may have or choose to do uh, Swid's better at the internet stuff than I am. You can tell. I, I would say well, Facebook. Facebook's always yeah, um, but also Instagram. I think Todd's been doing our Instagram, and he's been pretty active yeah. about it. So I would, I would say Instagram's a good place to keep track too. What's that? It's at Razors in the Night Boston. Is that what it is? Um, I'll have to take a look. <laughs> um, That's the I like Instagram. Instagram in general because. Instagram shows me things that I want to see rather than things I don't want to see. Whereas the algorithm on Facebook, yeah, Razors in the Night Boston. But like, yeah, I want to see pictures of cars, guitars, hot chicks, whatever. I go to Instagram. But when I get angry about politics, go to Facebook. But I don't want to get angry about politics. So fuck that. Oh, that's awesome. So, again, May 28th is that show. So how long has was the hiatus between last show to now and – uh, I don't know that we've covered it, but what was the catalyst for deciding to play the show or, or, or to get back together to do something? Because uh, I understand why the split and the reunion show with the band you chose to do the reunion show with, but why initially was Razors in the Night coming back? Um, I think the last time we played or practiced was like in 2015. Um, I, so we had discussed this a couple times over the years, but uh, at least for me, my reason behind it was because Swid and, and Ian got clean. And uh, that to me was a just a, a big kind of like Batman light in the sky saying like, this is a really, really good opportunity to, to just do something positive and, and move forward with this. Yeah, I mean, I, I love writing music with these dudes. Um, it's uh, it's fun. And natural. It's yeah. a natural process. Yeah, it's, re- it's really, uh, I mean, it's probably frustrating to pe- other people but if they sit and watch us. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. But if you're part of the circle, kind of, <laughs> it's pretty natural. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got some, uh, we got uh, We have another new one we started working on, but now we're just kind of like buckling down and practicing our asses off to make sure, you know, we want to we wanna give everyone what they're looking forward to. And uh, we want to do our best. So that's what we're doing right now. You know, Troy, obviously, I'm familiar with Bricks and Mortar. Uh, I'm wearing the shirt. I, I came out to Connecticut, watched you guys play. Uh, that was great, man. It was awesome. Fantastic. I wish they would have been able to do something like that again. And if they do, that'd be awesome if Razors and the Night played it. But <laughs> That's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> um, there, there was supposed to be uh, another Oi Fest, but unfortunately, the gentleman who puts that all together is in the Marines, and uh, in he actually it, he was setting up another uh, Northeast Oi Fest, but because of the situation with Ukraine, um, he got put on like immediate standby, and uh, 
He's uh works in a, a nuclear sub, so another reason to be angry at Putin, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can blame him. So yeah, so that that got put on hold, unfortunately. But uh, he says as soon as you know he gets the green light, he'll be you know setting it back up again, whatever. So so don't don't fret. There will be another uh, Northeast Oi Fest. It's just gotta wait until this uh, situation with uh, Ukraine and Russia kind of dies down, uh, depending on what happens. Fingers crossed. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Touch the wood. Right. <laughs> well, the question I was leading up to is you're in another band and it sounds like some of the other guys are, or at least have been in other bands. Is everybody doing other bands right now? Uh, how, how does it work or how is it working with your, your other bands and, and trying to do this? And is that going to you know play any effect as far as how active you may choose to be with Razors in the Night or I guess how active you might be with your other bands? I mean, I'm only the only other like active uh, playing out band and recording that I'm in is Bricks and Mortar. And just so happens the other two members of Bricks and Mortar are also in Razors in the Night. (laughs) (laughs) So so we're we're pretty much. uh, Yeah, we we, I mean, Bricks and Mortar is uh, pretty busy. We've got, I think, like five or six shows lined up, um, you know, over the next couple of months. Yeah, like I, I don't. It doesn't really cause any issues with us. Um, be, I mean, because all we're doing is practicing our asses off, getting ready for the twenty eighth. So uh, for right now, everything is just you know business as usual. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much for the most part in one other band, Panzer Bastard, and we're not super active because our drummer moved to Florida. Basically, we all got clean as well you know so he moved to florida and there are plans for him to come up again this summer and us to record you know so it's not a, it's not a dead band by any means but it's just not super active so it's perfect time for swid to keep on practicing with the razors <laughs> yeah and like they fulfill different needs for me too because in panzer bastard i play guitar razors i play bass so a little bit different. Oh, I, I do have one other thing to add. And I, I told Dustin about this and uh, people who don't know where it meant to. So it's not like they're going to find out. But we're doing a, uh, a friends and family only um, basement brigade video shoot the day after our show. Uh, so Sunday, May 29th. Um, I don't know. I think if you guys were coming up, uh, I told Dustin about it. But uh, we can give you the, the details on that. But yeah, so. We, uh, there's a, a documentary I've been working on called the Boston Basement Brigade that um, spans for years on the whole underground basement scene. And uh, one of the first shows on there is The Giant. So this is just kind of like a, a cap uh, for them playing another basement show again. So it, it's the day right after the reunion show. What, what are the plans for that documentary? So uh, originally it was going to be like an hour and 20 minute long movie. Uh, but then this is pre COVID. Um, we got contacted by, uh, the organization who runs the house of blues in Boston. And, uh, they have this like smaller venue called the foundation room. And a couple of our friends were doing like marketing and promotion from there. And they wanted to do, um, a big push and, and kind of turn that into a basement venue. And they were fancy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, the, Ian and I played there once. It was a it was a nice venue, but it's very fancy. <laughs> they, they, they were gonna do like a whole like you know literally call like Katron in like our friend who works on movies and like turn it into a basement, <laughs> <laughs> like 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 a keg and solo cups and everything. That is and, uh, They so the idea was they. There was funding behind it, so uh, which we didn't have to originally. So they wanted to turn the documentary in, into like a series 
um, of 30 minute, uh, 25 to 30 minute episodes. So um, it kind of lit a fire back under our asses because it's it's really it was a whole bunch of people. But now it's basically me and the editor working on it. Um, we do have some other people like kind of helping out after we put everything together. But basically, we had to take the movie apart. And we, we have so many hundreds hours of footage and we had to kind of build a new like system as as a show. So we've been basically... Uh, unraveling a film and turning it into a series. Um, and we kind of started that at the beginning of COVID and, uh, you know, we've got a good amount done. Um, we need five episodes to put it out. So we're just kind of working on that. And then it goes to like a couple other people who put on like after effects and kind of like, you know, polish the turd a little bit. So, uh, that's, that's kind of where it's at right now. It's, it's, uh, not a lot is working on it because with, the the show coming up and two band practices and all the organization and, and all this shit. So I'll be jumping back on that after we film uh, the basement show on the 29th and starting to put more of that back together. So it's a work in progress, but it, it's a lot farther than it was before COVID. <laughs> it reminds me the somebody turned me on to it's Minnesota hardcore and they did a series of that as well. They they put together a binge episode, which is what I watched. But they put it out on Twin Cities BBC or B PBS rather. I'm BBC. Really? Yeah. I'd be super <laughs> interested to check that out. Do, do, do you know what it's actually called? Uh, MN Hardcore, and you can go find it on tptoriginals.org, and then it's just a MN Hardcore Minnesota Hardcore, and really cool. They. They did the different episodes, and then they put together a binge episode that totals an hour and 46 minutes. Oh, awesome. I'd totally be into checking that out. Because we we kind of took a really, like, guerrilla approach to, to what we were doing just to capture the, like, the insanity <laughs> and the drunkenness and the <laughs> retardedness of everybody. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to, to see how they put that together and, and how it comes off. Yeah, absolutely. A good reference, but also... Uh, just fun to watch, right? Yeah, for sure. I love that <laughs> shit. Uh, obviously. Well, I assume this is mostly Boston area basement video, right? That you're going to do. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's 99.9% all Boston basements. Like the, it, It's hard to explain to somebody who wasn't involved in it, like how insane the scene was there. But any day of the week, you could literally walk down the street and go to a basement show. Any day of the week, more than one. You could go from one show to another. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was crazy. Wow, yeah. the basement equivalent of bar hopping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the nights I show hopped from one show to another to another in the basement. It's great. Yeah, there is way more sh- basement shows than bars. It's, it's one of those things that when you're in it, you just kind of like I don't want to say take it for granted because we knew it was awesome, but now that it's not happening anymore, we just feel so blessed to have been part of it at the time because we didn't realize it wasn't happening at everywhere else. I mean, there's still a basement scene, but it's just not what it used to be. Yeah, because now cops try to break. <laughs> every two seconds yeah they, they tend to know each venue where they are and it's easy for them to switch circle around a neighborhood at nine o'clock on a friday night than it is to solve real crimes yep. so that's what they do <laughs> seriously that he speaks the truth not the last but like the second to last basement show i was going with a buddy of mine in a grindcore band and it was like seven o'clock and we were just going to set up like like amps and stuff there wasn't even people there yet and we're bringing in like a, a marshall stacks like four by twelve 
And a cop pulls up with his like like pulls up fast, like in the back of a residential <laughs> house, like with his lights on. Rolling down the road, like 70s TV show style. Yeah, shining his <laughs> lights says, What do you think you're doing? And uh, I was like, We're putting away musical equipment. And he's like, You're contributing to the delinquency of a minor. It was like this whole fucking thing. And and we end up being like, I mean, we were the first people there, so we were like, um, Okay, they're like taking kids out of the house and like frisking them. And I was like, the fuck this. So we put the amp back in his car, went to the practice space and had the show there instead. But it was like absolute bullshit. Uh, There's there's some stuff when I was filming the basement brigade, um, cops came in on. So we'd set it up like the day before and then we'd film it the next day. So we were like just setting up like PAs and amps and like room mics and stuff. And cops would like bust in through the bulkhead. And this one cop told me I was in the microphone just being like, check, check, making sure everything works. And he's like, do you want me to shove that microphone up your ass? Swear. And I was like, what the? And you're like, like, yes, please. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is private property. If you don't have a warrant, get the fuck out. You know, like they have no right to do shit like that. Right. Just like (laughs) spray that cop in the pit. (laughs) My microphone's too small. What do you think? I am a lightweight. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were talking like one of those shirt SM55s, like the Elvis style ones. Uh, <laughs> kind of classy oh. silver. <laughs> nice. I, you know, it, it, now that I think about it, I should ask, ask the cop if that was a threat or a promise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe a Newman condenser. Those got some half to them. Yeah, they'll hold up. <laughs> For those releases, w- what's your plan? So I just told you about MN Hardcore. For that Minnesota, I'm not from there, but somebody recommended it because they put it in a place where people can come across it. What would your plans be so other people can go check this out at some point when you get it done? Well, I mean, like post-COVID, the House of Blues kind of isn't involved anymore because there was no bands playing anything. And uh, I don't I don't even know what their involvement is going to be. But but since then, uh, we've got a, a couple of contacts with some streaming services. So the first thing we're going to do is hit them up and see what their requirements are and see if we can go that route. Uh, we'll probably hit up um, House of Blues again. It, was, uh, it wasn't it was really House of Blues. It was Live Nation who was behind it. So okay. we'll, we'll probably hit Live Nation up again and see if there's any anything or any of the people that worked with us are still even there. Because I know a couple of them left because there was no money coming in because there was no shows. <laughs> so we'll... We'll see that, but um, in the yeah, in the meantime, we got some uh, newer contacts with some other people. So uh, I mean, we'd we'd love to stream it. We'd love to get it out there. To we'd love to have like kids see it in you know towns and cities who don't have anything like this. You know, we're doing a whole episode on how to turn your basement into a venue. Mm-hmm. You know, so, just so people know what what they can do and uh, and how to get away with it. Step so. one: sell zipline. Yeah, <laughs> we, actually, we did that. That's true. We actually really did that. <laughs> but. But we, I got it. In all honesty, I got to say, we were on tour once and we were in playing Philly and we got the idea from a basement venue in Philly who had a zip line. Yeah, so the first thing we did, we got back to Boston, we went to a basement venue, we installed a zip line. <laughs> it was for your and Lauren's birthday show, too, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, that, that zip line was there for a while until it got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. Obviously. (laughs) That's awesome. Looking forward to that when that comes out. Uh, Back on topic with Razors in the Night. New music's out. New vinyl will be out uh, at some point when, you know, vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) That just gives me a headache talking about it. I know it takes Uh forever. There's so many bands that could, would be, could be, would be releasing their music so much sooner, but uh, it's taken forever. And Record Store Day didn't help, so hopefully... Uh, now that record store day is come and gone, maybe some people will get their stuff out a little quicker. 
It was like, uh, get yourself in line to to have your record made before you record it. Right. Oh, seriously. He's not joking, man. It, it, so, I mean, Pirates Press put us out, and even talking to those reps, and, and they have the company uh, in Czech Republic who presses everything, which we actually got to go when we were on tour. We got to go to the uh, the pressing plant, which is like a city. Totally crazy. Wow. Damn. Yeah, it was it was a really cool experience, and it was uh, it was I had no idea how big and and how it was run, but it was a uh, super rad. And yeah, and they're telling me like even like the people who work for the the record label who have their own bands are waiting to put stuff out. Wow. You, you do have all of that coming out. You have the show, and then uh, hopefully more info that we'll be following you on Facebook and Instagram for. Is there anything else that we should know that we have neglected to cover about? Razors in the night and what you guys are up to. Uh, I mean, you pretty much got everything unless there's anything you want to know about any specific song or whatever that we, you know, you could always take notes and we could uh, hit you guys up again after, after the show and depending on what's going on. But uh, I think we pretty much covered everything. Sweet. Do you got anything? Nothing. Nothing comes to mind. Cool. Just come out to the show. Yeah. Do it. Come and sing, come and sing along. That's what we're all about. I'll be on the floor holding the microphone out. I'm going to need some heads in there. <laughs> it, it, it's a pretty big venue, so we're, we're yeah. excited to see people come out. Last thing I have then uh, as a follow-up, I assume the turnout's going to be fantastic. And so do you expect the turnout from your January date? And then it has to be rescheduled to the May date. Because I, I would imagine there's people coming in from out of town to come watch your show. So yeah. do you think that the the turnout will be as good, better, you know, January in Boston, I guess May in Boston, the weather's warmer, but I don't know. Is it different time? To I expect it to be better. I, I think it's improved. I think people are less freaked out about COVID than they were in January. And definitely in New England, January weather is kind of an issue. This, this winter was kind of mild, but like, hey, any anything nice will get people out of the house more likely. Awesome. Yeah. I think... A lot of, uh, I know, I know personally, a lot of people who are coming from out of town had to like change their flights and change their accommodations. And I know it was like, it was a real fucking heartbreaker of a move, but again, there was nothing we could do. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know, like, I know a lot of people who were like, were like, fuck it, fine. You know, I'm coming anyway. So most of the people that I, that have contacted me personally asking about where to stay and whatnot, um, seems like they're all still on board. And uh, I was at, uh, at the Chisel Yellow Stitches show on Monday. Uh, I had a lot of people come up to me and be like, please say it's still on. Everything's good. I'm like, it's still on. Everything is good. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited. I, I think, uh, I think it's going to be good. I mean, if there's some people who couldn't change their stuff, I mean, we appreciate them trying. We really do. And we understand it, it, it sucks when, you know, COVID puts a big fuck you in, in front of everything you want to do. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, I can't complain that much. I, I know I'm not the only band, so there's a lot of bands who are like mid tour who had to cancel. So those are the ones I really feel for. Right. A lot more rescheduling burden as far as cost goes i mean you can refund ticket prices but uh, i'm sure there's a lot of cost involved to be out on tour especially an extensive tour you can only think of like judas priest canceled this show out here like day of 20 minutes before yeah because wow. i think like, rob got covid or something like that but can you imagine a show of that yeah. magnitude kind of canceling that you know that's just brutal right well and the last tour i know uh yeah they canceled because uh, they were supposed to come here, and it was like the week before, and they had to reschedule because their guitarist he fell ill with uh, with something. I don't remember what the disease was called, but it was. Not yeah, I think COVID. there was a guitarist kind of it. Yeah, diarrhea. 
<laughs> yeah. I caught diarrhea. Maria. <laughs> That's what happens when you live too fast. You're shit fast. <laughs> We're going to shit faster than any other band ever. British stool. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Judas Prostate. <laughs> That's exactly what I call mine. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that's awesome. You're just Jewish bread. <laughs> well, cool. Well, guys, thank you for it's joining up. us. We won't keep you any longer. Hey, also, I, I want to thank you guys for uh, you know talking to us and uh, helping us rep our show and our new tunes and everything. And uh, as you, I mean, you guys, know I'm a big fan of the show, and uh, we'll be listening, and we'll let you know when uh, after the 28th how it goes and what we got in the books coming up. Perfect. We look forward to it. We look forward to talking about it and uh, listening to, and we'll be looking forward to watching any videos that get posted online too. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there's going to be videos. There's a, I actually have like real people with video cameras going to be there. So real people, not not the fake one, not the robots, <laughs> like the actual real human being ones. <laughs> yeah, not the. Uh, it's not getting green screened. <laughs> yeah. the whole show is going to be a green screen. You guys just fucking ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much, guys. All right, thank you. Thank you for joining. Bye. Yeah, man. You. Cheers. Cheers. Don't
Sham 69 reference in the very end there. Angels with dirty faces. Right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's nice to know that oi and skinhead culture is still alive in Boston. The bruisers and the dropkick Murphys, they walked so that these guys could run. There you go. Yeah. And I guess to an extent, Slapshot, though, they are more uh, aligned with the hardcore guys than the oi guys, but they play to both sides very well. Stars and Stripes. Oh yeah, Stars and Stripes, that's the oi band. That's yes. the oi side of Slapshot to yeah. the you know, fully realized. Actually, I have one of their albums. Uh, one, one of these episodes, we don't do an interview. Uh, I think one or two, I have like two to three albums, and it'll be first or second, but Planet of the States from Stars and Stripes. All right, there we go. So, Planet of the States. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be coming. But Razors in the Night, go check out that show. That track was Skinheads All Right. That was off of their very first release. They started as a band in 09. Well, that came out in 2009. It was called Carry On. It's a 10-inch. They talk about it. And that track, Skinheads All Right, we talked about that one as well. Before the interview, again, you heard City on Fire. Always Crucified is the other new track. If you want to hear the other new one, you got to go out and get it. Or you can probably stream it. But go get it. <laughs> go get the... Release, if you're going to be at the show, as they said, go get the older split so you can get the newer split when it comes out. Uh, we want to thank Troy and Swid again for the interview. It's awesome. We both wish we could be there. Razors in the Night, Tijuana Sweetheart, Sky Tigers at the Sonia on the 28th. Go check it out. Awesome. Eric, it's time for us to wrap up the show. What do you have to wrap up the show with? Well... Uh, I, I'm a little late to uh, this one because I wanted to uh, uh, play this song in regards to Mother's Day, which was just this previous Sunday. It was close. I guess you could have yeah. played it before, but playing it after it's sixes, right? Just yeah, before, it, just after? It still fits. A bit belated, sure. but, you know, it's sort of like a, uh, just a reminder, I guess, where it's like, uh, yeah, Mother's Day, it's... Uh, not just a day that's a, it, it is a day that's sectioned off to really just kind of reflect and appreciate our mothers. Uh, those of us with not so strained relationships, of course. Right. I don't have a strained relationship with my mother. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> uh, but other people do, and I understand, and that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the theme of uh, today's pick. Um, but yeah, you should appreciate your mother for, you know, ev every day of the year, <laughs> you right. know? Because uh, yeah, we wouldn't be here if it uh, wasn't for them. True. And uh, by our fathers, by extension. And I mean extension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I got my puns here. Oh, God. Anyway, the song that I chose is a... Uh, is one that I've been wanting to do for a minute, but I was reserving it strictly for Mother's Day, and that is Muta by Rammstein. Yeah, and Muta is literally just mother. That's what it translates out to from German. And yeah, talking of strained relationships with her mother, I can confirm as like uh, Till Lindemann and you know the vocalist and their guitarist Richard Kruspe, they they said that it's a reference to their unhappy childhood relationships towards their respective mothers and that their relationship was so strained that they might as well have been test tube babies and if you've seen the music video for Mutter it is uh, it is literally the uh, every member in a band that are you know that look like a sci-fi movie it looks like you know they're just in these containers filled with fluid and they're getting all the all necessary nutrients needed given through tubes and everything. Uh, but when the, yeah, but as the lyrics kind of go on, I mean, the lyrics kind of translate that this baby had no mother and, you know, it looks to find who his mother could be and it murders her as a sort of vengeance, but only just to find that it doesn't change anything. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, Rammstein is uh, pretty goddamn brutal. Despite how sultry and soothing this song is, it's a power ballad. The song is very soft, but it's just filled with all that, uh, it's just filled with all that disheveling emotion. And that's kind of the beauty of Rammstein. Like, uh, yeah, they can be really heavy, they can be really dancey, they can be very tongue-in-cheek, they, get, they write songs about uh, a lot of BDSM. <laughs> a lot of BDSM. Like, holy shit, these guys. These guys. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, Mutter, the song is great. The whole album is great. It's, uh, you know, it's interchangeable among my favorites. It's like uh, all four of them. The first four records, you know, that's uh, Herzalide, Sensok, Mutter, and Reise Reise. They are untouchable they are perfect albums i will hold to that till my grave <laughs> uh, and mutter is among my favorite it's easily in the top five of my favorite rammstein songs i played a rammstein song a couple years ago volt ihr das bettem glauben sehen that's pretty much my favorite i guess i don't know it's hard to choose a favorite because they have so many albums that are good and so many songs that are good by that same regard so let's appreciate the women who gave birth to us for better or worse, here is Mutter by Rammstein. In die Luft die nasse Kette und wünsch mir, dass ich eine Mutter hätte. Keine Sonne, die mir scheint, keine Brust hat Milch geweint. In meiner Kehle steckt ein Schlauch, hab keine Nabel auf dem Oh 
Lasse keine Nippel lecken und keine Falte zum Verstecken. Niemand gab mir einen Namen, gezeugt in Hast und ohne Samen. Der Mutter, die mich nie geboren, hab ich heute Nacht geschworen. Ich werde dir eine Krankheit schenken und sie danach im Verlust versenken. kind of the wonderful things about Rammstein. It's like everybody knows the song Du Hast, and they know how much of a brutal number that is. Got that nice little thrashy riff. But yeah, they're not a one-trick pony. Some of their stuff sounds a little more uh, new wavy. They got that weird twisted uh, keyboard stuff in the back, in the background. And they got songs that are a bit more thrashy. They got songs that are a bit... Uh, like this one, that are sultry and smooth, and uh, till he can work on all ends, that man. He's got that low bass drawl that just is so, just coated with so much emotion. And he can work any ends of that. <laughs> yeah. And you got a hand it to Rammstein. Six members, and they are all OG. 
they have not had a single lineup change. And they said a lot of band therapy. (laughs) 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 A lot of that. And they're still going. Another thing, they recently put out an album. That's awesome. Yeah, I I forgot what it's called, but this is like their, uh, I think it's their seventh or eighth album. Wow. Because I I know they did one back in 2020. It was their self-titled one. Yeah, this is their seventh. Cool. Yeah, this is their seventh. So good on Rammstein. And for all you for all you mothers out there, uh, keep doing what you're doing. This is for all of you that are have given birth and you appreciate your children. You haven't abandoned them. <laughs> and either physically or emotionally. The way that I see it is like anyone anyone could be a mom, but it doesn't mean anything. There are very few that could be mothers. There you go. <laughs> there you are. So that's, that's why we call it Mother's Day. So yeah, to all your mothers out there, and I mean that specifically, you are wonderful. I assume you are wonderful. It's like, yeah, kids appreciate your mothers, but mothers appreciate your kids. It's a two-way relationship for Christ's sakes. There you go. All right, I'm off of my soapbox. Uh, next, Dustin. Uh, on a different note, that we're playing some new metal as opposed to Rammstein. And Rammstein's been together a long time. Well, this band wasn't together a long time. Uh, the band Scrape, and that's S-K-R-A-P-E. <laughs> Typical new metal fashion. Right. <laughs> they formed in Orlando in 97. They lasted until 2004. They did put out two albums both of which were on RCA Records, so uh, major label releases for this uh, band here. Oh, RCA, that thing's, that's one of the kingpins of record labels. Yeah, I'm not not saying promoting RCA, I'm just putting <laughs> out that the band only lasted two albums and they both just happened to be on a major label. Yeah. Though I will say I got the logo memorized, the little dog going up to the, uh, you know, the uh, Final phone phonograph yeah. speaker, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, very specific. I know this because the the walls in the men's room, or it, it's a it's a bathroom, in uh, Aces High, it's coated with all of these uh, all of these vinyls, all these records, and seven inches, and a lot of them are released under that label. They okay. have that logo right there, so it's <laughs> I'm staring at it every time I go in to take a piss. Well, this release was as well. They, they put out two. Their first release is New Killer America. It came out March 20th of 2001. And off of it, we're going to play a track called Rise. So I hope you enjoy. It's one of two albums. One track off of one of two albums, that is. I like the band Scrape. you familiar with Scrape? Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, you're about to get to be familiar with at least one song. So here we go with Rise.
That is Rise. Ska rape. Right. Oh, I realize how that sounded. Yeah, you don't want to say it that way. Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully we don't get demonetized. (laughs) Had we had any? (laughs) Actually, no, that's a good thing. We're not monetized. It's easier that way. Yep. Scrape, Rise from New Killer America. Eric, we're wrapping up the show. What'd you think of that band before we move on? We're we're making my journey anyway through the new metal. And as far as what we've played so far, where do you rate it? I don't know. Somewhere, I guess, around the middle, maybe below the middle. Fair enough. That That's Eric's take of Scrape. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Music, Amazon, Music Player, FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. You can find the bands on Instagram at Kill the Runts, at Hard Pipe Hitters LV, at Passion Play PBD, at Die.Fuck.U. Maybe there's no dot at the end of that one. I don't remember. But you'll find ha! them. At there the, is a dot at the end of it. Okay, there is. I just didn't type it in. At the Red Bastards, at Disease underscore Grind, at Razors in the Night, Boston, at Rammstein Official, and the show is at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you and what you're up to? On my Instagram, you can find me on my personal one, at ScaryUncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. And my bands, you can find on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official and at heart of dark 801 SLC patent pending. Again, we're going through some weird name <laughs> changes the here. Apathetics. Hasn't it been changed to the apathetics already? Yeah, currently it's the apathetics. I just haven't updated it on my notes apparently, Okay, but it's, a, it's okay. We're still in limbo. <laughs> okay. But on Facebook, you can find my band at anonymous SLC and at... God, I don't know the Apathetics SLC. I'm not up to date on this shit. My apologies, but don't worry. We're still working on stuff all around. Uh, you can find my one band. One song on, in 20 hours or something, right? Yeah, one song in, uh, yeah. <laughs> Last time I checked, it was 12 hours. Oh, but, 12, there we go. Oh, God, I don't know what else is going on. Because they're going back and making some revisions, I guess. Ugh, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm losing track of shit anyway, but I'm keeping on track with my band, Anonymous. We're doing some revisions, and we're making things sound a little bit tighter because we got some shows coming up, and they're going to be great shows. Awesome. That was another thing I forgot to mention. On the 17th, next week, we will be playing at the Metro Music Hall with our boys in Sacrilegion, opening up for the mighty Goat whore. Awesome. So yeah, that's going to be a great one. I hope you guys make it out to that. Anyway, May 17th, that's where we'll be playing. Um, Yeah, if you want to look at our shit, find us at anonymousslc.bandcamp.com. We got merch there. We got stickers, finally. And yeah, we've covered all bases on merch. We got shirts. We got hoodies. We got patches. We got pins. We got uh, stickers. And we have cassette tapes. We got it all, man. And we're getting more. Anyway... If you want to listen to my other podcast, uh, like I said, it's uh, it's in a lull right now, but it will be coming back this summer with episode four. If you listen to my top favorite albums of 2021, then you know what's coming. Anyway, on Instagram, it's you can find it under leadmelodies underscore podcast. On Facebook, you can find it at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. And you can find that and a whole lot more at circlepitradio.com. Dot com and also on Facebook if you want to keep what's keep up what's going on in the local underground hardcore punk rock community you can fo- follow me on SLC Hardcore that's 
Just at, at SLC Hardcore, all one word, on Facebook. Awesome. We got to get it wrapped up. So Facebook, you can find the bands at The Runts, at Hard Pipe Hitters, at Passion Play PVD, at The Red Bastards, at Disease Grind, at Razors in the Night, at Rammstein, at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining and all the way up to this point, Eric, any final thoughts before we kill the show? Well, or at least this I just wanted—I just wanted to add one more thing about the uh, Behemoth show. Okay. I rolled down there with the uh, with the guys in uh, Narc, along with a few other friends. We were all piled up in uh, Tyler's truck. There was seven of us. Two of them stayed in the trunk. Nice. <laughs> and we went. Uh, yeah, we went up. They, most of them were already fucking plastered. And I was the last motherfucker to leave that show because before, like, right around when Behemoth was going on, Tyler had to drive um, uh, Spencer and Emma and our friends uh, Connor and uh, I forget the I forget the other guy's name every time. Uh, yeah, they had to drive him back to the house because they got too shit faced to function. Nice, <laughs> but in good faith, Tyler came back and he got me. So. Yeah, moral of the story, if you're going to go to shows, go with people that you love slash can trust and can hold their fucking liquor. Uh, but that's apparently lost on most of NARC. Anyway, that's all I have to say. More shows to be coming. More good times. Play the fucking outro. Play the fucking outro.